You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Here with you today to talk camp takeaways again from August 9th. Today, join me again with that is Kyle Barber. Kyle, how are you doing? Doing really well, Ken. How are you? No complaints, none at all. Uh, before we get into this too deep, tell folks where you where you write and where they can find your work. 
Absolutely. I am the managing editor of SB Nation's Baltimore Beatdown. You can read all my content there at baltimorebeatdown.com. I'm on Twitter at Kyle P. Barber, and I write the Monday and Wednesday edition of Late for Work on baltimoreavens.com. All right. Outstanding stuff. All those, all those places, good places to find Ravens content. Uh, so camp today uh, dominated by some returns. Uh, certainly, and that's a good thing, you know, because we, we, we've, we've had a lot of departures, but some of them came back today. We'd have, we'd have one more that departed during practice we want to talk about. But Ronnie Stanley back uh, in his shell today. Now, they didn't have full pads on, so Ronnie Stanley came out in shorts. I didn't even see him hit the sled, although he might have done that. More of a moral visit kind of a thing, more of a teammate support visit. Didn't uh, certainly wasn't involved in any seven on seven drills because he's a lineman. No eleven on eleven drills either. Um, but I didn't really actually still see him do individual drills. Yeah, he was out there doing a little bit of the uh, the warm up stuff that they do before breaking four elevens. Went through uh, some you know most basic pad block scheme technical stuff that uh the ravens were out there for and i think more than anything it uh confirmed you and i's discussion from a previous episode that alejandro villanueva there's a reason why he's been only participating at right tackle and that's because they were confident in ronnie stanley returning and playing left tackle upon his return and that's what they've done and it looks to be going exactly the way they had intended yeah, that's that's the best news of all is that they really had the wherewithal to give Villanueva that time at right tackle, and Villanueva being a veteran left tackle in this league, I'm sure he'll be able to move back in there if that's asked if Ronnie goes down at some point during the season. Um, but but very good idea to get him involved, particularly in a complicated Ravens run scheme, uh, to do some things at right tackle. Completely agree uh, there, Ken. Rashad Bateman back, and he'd been out for I want to say a, a week. At this point, um, you know, basically with a, a uh, hammy-type injury, uh, might have been longer, in, in fact, than that. Uh, certainly missed him. Uh, did not see him in 11s today. Uh, he probably did some seven works. He was definitely in the, on, the, on the regular drills. Uh, just good to see him back on the field again, too. Yeah, he was in and out ever since the Saturday stadium practice where he exited a little bit early and stood off to the sideline, stretched out. Uh, had day off on Sunday, Monday he wasn't out there, then Tuesday he was, and then it's gone back and forth and back and forth all throughout last week. And uh, it's good to see him back out there and getting warmed up. And uh, the same for Marquise Brown. I assume that's who mm-hmm. you were going to speak about next. He's been on the sidelines. He's not on in pads and not running in his jersey and stuff, but he's still in workout uniform stuff, shorts and, and, and uh, workout shirts and stuff like that, getting warmed up on the sidelines, doing a little bit of individual work uh, in front of media which is always a good sign because uh he's back out there he's talking with his teammates he's working out there and they're confident enough to expose that to the media so it's good to see uh both of these receivers back and getting some work in yeah great point there Uh, brown had one fantastic day of practice on the opening day i mean he was beating everybody and it was a lot of what I look for, that deception to get separation as opposed to just using his raw speed, which is considerable, uh, to get 15, 20 yards open as opposed to getting open by three yards. And uh, he looked fantastic. It's, it'd be a real shame if they couldn't start the season with him. Dalen Hayes was back after missing Friday. I believe that was all he missed. So he was just out very short term. He looked really good today. He'll come up in our notes later. And uh, mentioned Hollywood already. So I think that's, that's everybody. We had one early departure today. 
Correct. Bradley Bozeman did depart from practice. I believe there was about 90 minutes left of practice. Uh, Coach John Harbaugh at the presser today did say that it was more precautionary than anything. He might be out one to two days. Uh, and uh, they're unsure exactly what it is, but it's not considered serious. Uh, the same is being said for Kevin Zeitler, who is still absent of practice, not considered serious, just dealing with a little bit of, uh, of uh, an ankle or foot sprain is what he said up at the podium. Still be between a couple of days and a month. <laughs> so he narrowed it down that much in the uh, interviews is one of his things. One of the reasons, uh, we'll go through the others who missed practice, uh, Hollywood out, of course, Kane, uh, Smith, uh, it's Jimmy, uh, Warrior was out, uh, Juwan James has been out the whole time, Zeitler missed again, as you mentioned, uh, Miles Boykin still has not returned, uh, Boyle and Breland both still out at the tight end position, and Campbell was missing today, I assume it's a vet day, a lot of those uh, guys have vet days, Did, was that anything specific said about that? There was nothing specific said, but that's my assumption as well, is I feel like they would have maybe mentioned something had it been serious, but then again, media had been swarming so much just because Lamar Jackson was at the podium for the first time since, uh, I believe, minicamp or early into this uh, offseason. So uh, attention wasn't really directed towards uh, players on or off the field. Um, another addition that we didn't mention is uh, Siasi uh, wide receiver. Mariner, thank yeah. you, of uh, Utah State. He has joined the Baltimore Ravens. Haven't seen the uh, exchange the transaction on uh, on social media. I, I think it was posted, but I haven't quite seen it yet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Ravens have another wide receiver out there, Sayasi Mariner, number twenty six. He hopped right in and uh, got some things going. We'll talk about that a little bit more in the highlights, though. All right, sounds good. I want to start with the offensive line, and we often do, but the, the number ones they changed again, and obviously. It's going to be Stanley and Villanueva at the tackle positions, but the, the left tackle changes they've made have been kind of central to the reverberating through the rest of the offensive line. So today it was McCary, Phillips, Bozeman, Powers, and Villanueva. And you know I, I'd be hard-pressed to, to remember them fielding the same offensive line two days in a row. It's probably happened so far with the ones, but it's just been a lot of – uh, switcheroo games. They've obviously want to get a, a variety of people time at left tackle, a variety of people time at left guard with the ones. That's included both Phillips. It's included Powers. It's also included um, uh, Ben Cleveland, of course. Um, Bozeman's been a, a, a stead point at center, and that may be about to change as well. So uh, a difficult, difficult time. I, I noticed one snap that got bobbled. It looked like it was a little bit wide left. What did that look like to you? It hit it hit a uh, quarterback in the hands. It actually wasn't a bad snap. I had spoken with other media members because I was curious as to what occurred there. I believe it was by Tristan Colon, by the way. Uh, that mm-hmm. one isn't even Bozeman that had it occurred with. But overall, it was not a bad snap. Everybody that I was kind of speaking around said, you know, it hit him in the hands, and it was just a little bit more bobbled than anything. Um, so it wasn't on the snap, but it was on the uh, – the quarterback there all right um that lack of continuity is really honestly less important in a practice today without pads because they don't do a lot of really hard pass rushing they do a little bit of blitzing to try and see if they can catch the offense off guard you know not making their switch appropriately but basically the line itself is a lot of brother-in-law play uh when they're not in full pads so you you, you don't really have the same uh um, risk to continuity being exposed the way it would be in a padded practice. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. 
All right. Um, let's see. Punt coverage drill was one I wanted to talk about. And this is just, we usually talk about a drill or two per day, Kyle and I, just of, of things that are interesting. I love the typical way of this drill that it builds up from the pieces, very Ravens-esque, to, to become the full drill. So you see some three-on-three rushing on either side to try and rush after a punter and they want to make sure that that part is perfect and they want to make sure that the gunner and coverage angle is correct so you have some two-on-one and some one-on-one gunner activity going on it can go on at the same time they're running this punt rush thing and then you put the whole thing together and chris horton is overseeing the thing and one of the kind of the cool things about it is john harbaugh's background as a special teams coach he usually gets involved yeah, absolutely. Uh, Horton is typically, for uh, viewers, I understand this is an audio medium, but uh, Horton's essentially about 15 yards off of where the uh, both the coverage unit is standing and then about, uh, about 20, 25 yards from them and about 15 yards away from where the punt receiver is going to be catching the punt. And so he's standing at an angle where the punt rush team is supposed to try and come around him for one or two of the guys, depending upon where he is. And then there's a third that crosses him across the face because he wants them in the correct lanes that are appropriate for the coverage unit. And he also wants uh, them kicked into a specific uh, side of the field Mm -hmm. to where the punt returner has to catch it and make the reads based on the angles that the punt rushers are coming in from. It's always exciting to uh, see when you uh, have the punt rusher break through the blocks when they're doing the 2v1 coverage units and uh, trying to battle against the two blockers, the singular gunner on those. And uh, it definitely is a, a unique approach to a drill when they go one piece at a time, as you'd mentioned, and they build this thing up from, uh, you know, I, I, I put it similar to an orchestra where the first trumpet is playing and then the second trumpet is playing and all of a sudden you get percussion in and there's different music coming in and now it's a crescendo of like this entire drill this entire practice all being displayed and working in unison to uh to better evaluate everybody on the field yeah that that's a good analogy that's just the way it, it kind of seems and i mentioned harbaugh special teams background i did want to note this um oftentimes you know there's the two-on-one or the one-on-one matchups come down with a gunner and he's down in perfect position to talk to these guys as they exit the field and say okay wait a minute come on over here let me show you how we do that put your feet here put your feet here you know he goes opposite him my hand goes up here you're gonna show me where you go okay it's it's a it's a very direct coaching I love that about all the Ravens coaches. It's good that Harbaugh, too, you know, after all these years, and obviously he's been doing this a lot with his hand in special teams, is still delivering that kind of direct message coaching that has served the Ravens so well. Completely agree. He has the wisdom over the course of his long NFL career and still giving the time and effort to something that a lot of people could consider monotonous, which is special teams punt coverage. Um, That's something that he crafted a a career on was being a special teams coordinator and now an NFL head coach and being successful at that. Uh, This program that the Ravens have developed uh, comes on the shoulders of Harbaugh and building a career defining unit in what they have on the field. Yeah, definitely a. Uh, it, it was a big win for him, and as the as the punting and kickoff coverage have both become less important and less posi- places where you can spend positional players, the Ravens still focus on it. The Ravens are trying to be good at less important things in the game, which is not bad. It's just it's it's important too. Um, but they still believe they can dig out a marginal gain there, uh, you know, on punt coverage and uh, and kickoff return coverage as well. Yep. I want to talk about one other drill, and that's the contested catch drill. It's a lot of fun to watch, by the way. A lot of a lot of things with receivers are complete crap. 
frankly, as <laughs> part of camp. It's, it's, it's really the part of camp where you don't want to get caught up in the darling wide receiver because they have it very easy in terms of, of how defenders are allowed to play them. But the contested catch show, it's described the thing. Two coaches stand up there with these extended arm pads and try and poke at the ball, try and you know, interfere with it on the way to the, on the, way to the uh, uh, receiver, but also when it gets to the receiver to try and poke at it real hard to see if they can get it out. And then a third guy comes around with what, what you know, is like a Marlon Humphrey arm. And it's, always, it's made of foam, of course, <laughs> but they slam it as hard as they can into the, into the arms of the receiver once he hits the ground. And it's very fun to watch that happen. I, the guy who really stood out to me, uh, we had uh, uh, number 82, and I've, I've forgotten his name. That's uh, Darius, Vic- right? Is that Dar- Yes, that is Darius. Victor is 81. Yeah, so it was, it was Darius who dropped three balls today, so that was unfortunate. Uh, Watkins had a drop, and, and he jumped in right away and repeated it. It's a drill you want to repeat it and get it done. I think there might be a certain number of catches they have to make. Tylen Wallace was the most impressive of everyone today in, his, in terms of his hands. And this really continued on to the session. I want to talk a little bit about this. But um, he was outstanding at snatching the football at a distance from his body, still being able to bring it back in, even with these pads slamming around him and then holding on to it once he hit the ground. So I, I, I really appreciate that about his game. Yeah, I liked what I saw out of Tylen Wallace. I think this was probably his strongest practice yet, yeah. coming from that drill and transitioning into uh, some of the catches that he made during 11s and 7s. Uh, we can talk about him more individually a little bit later. But that drill is incredibly entertaining. Uh, it feels kind of like when you watch people run through the fun-on-the-go obstacle courses and stuff, mm-hmm. and you're like, man, I know I'm a little little old to be doing something like this, but like, if that coach asked if I wanted to run through it, I'd have done it. <laughs> like, that's how I always feel about things like that, watching these guys do uh, more of the sillier drills. or Not silly, but like one of the more involved drills yes. that have some entertainment besides just running the route, catching it. Instead, they got these extra items that they utilized uh, uh, to uh, improve the, the drill and, and work with their players on stuff. It's just a little bit more flair and uh and it does serve a purpose so it's not just unnecessary theatrics for uh that's the right. average viewer it's no really it's fun. it's it's extremely fun to watch and and it's a lot of fun for the players you can tell they're really into it they're pissed off when they drop the football the rest of the players give them crap when they when they when they drop the football yep. this is true the turnover takeaway drills and those are when players are generally pretty tired because it's one of the last things they do at the end of the day and so it's nice to kind of finish with a fun thing where linemen have to kind of dive and tip the football to somebody who's nearby in a specific direction. Or linemen have to curl up in the fetal position on the ball. Or if you're running back, you have to run through a gauntlet of people trying to punch the ball loose kind of thing. It's just it's fun to end on a, on a, on a drill like that. It also helps to breed, I think, camaraderie between these guys because yeah. there's nothing that's quicker to uh establish you as a as a friend than a little bit of ribbing on on everybody else in the locker room so it works out rather well yeah it's a it's, it's definitely a positive well let's talk about some of the individual players that stood out today we mentioned tylen wallace already you have more to say about him yeah he had a one of the best catches i saw today was a about a 15 yard out that he had a toe drag across the near sideline. We were on field, mm-hmm. I believe, two today. It might be number one, actually, uh, field number one. And so we were really close to the action today, which is really exciting. We get to catch a lot more up close, and, and you get to realize the size and, and speed mm-hmm. of these guys in real time as opposed to it being 
15, 20 meters away, uh, seeing these guys move. And, and Tylen Wallace was able to, uh, you know, change his direction well. But most importantly, like Ken had already mentioned, being able to extend his arms to increase his catch radius, secure the ball. And as soon as he has it secure in his grip, he's yanking it back towards his body, completely protecting the football and doing everything in his power to uh, secure the passing and uh, and turn it up the field. So watching him do the same thing, dragging that back foot, toe drag, swag, as they like to call it on mm-hmm. uh, social media, Tom Wallace had an excellent play. Yeah, that was, that was an outstanding play. And it took all the elements. It took the extension and, and catch away from the bodiness of it. So he couldn't have short-armed that ball and still t- tapped his toes in ten. So lots of sideline awareness there to really like about who Tylen Wallace is and lots of contested catch kind of skills that went into it. So uh, a good, good rep there for him. Uh, I'll bring up a player, Broderick Washington, who has not flashed really in camp for me. Had two deflected passes today. Nice to see him, even not in pads. Uh, getting his hands up, doing some positive things when he's in there. That shows the depth of this Ravens defense, that there's Brandon Williams, Clayus Campbell, Derek Wolf, and uh, all these other guys, Justin Matabike. These mm-hmm. guys are so deep at this position that they really produce a lot of NFL talent from. And Broderick Washington uh, comes in here, and, and he's had to grind and fight his way to get some reps. And, and all of a sudden, you know, he starts getting the motor going. And, and uh, we've talked a little bit about this uh, in probably last year, but... You know, a little momentum, it's all you need. I'm a big believer in the momentum stuff, and uh, that can get a guy going. And watching him tip two passes today was pretty exciting. Him mimicking the ref with the with the clean touch uh, yeah. slaps that he uh, that he mimicked with the refs that they call that. Um, he was he was happy. You could see that he was really into you know making some plays and getting some tape there for the for the coaches to see that some positive reps. And uh, he was grinning as he uh, had that second swat on the day. Yeah, definitely a guy who's on the bubble, frankly, in year two, and and really needs to have a big camp. Uh, in the Ravens need young defensive linemen very badly. Uh, it may still take a break for him. To, to, to make this team, but uh, that's a good start today in what we had. I thought another player who really stood out, why don't you go, because I just named Washington. Yeah, I actually wanted to uh, direct attention towards the defense as a whole. This was a penalty-ridden practice. Yes. There were five penalties that I saw before 10 o'clock, is what I posted on social media. And two series occurred in 11s where Marlon Humphrey got a defensive pass interference, and then the very next play, there was offsides on one of the rush linebackers, Mm -hmm. and that happened back-to-back in 11 series. They did 11s, that occurred, they went back to 7s, did some passing stuff, went right back to 11s, and the same exact thing happened. Marlon gets another DPI and another offside, so it was a lot more flag-throwing, which I found interesting because the pads weren't even on, but they're calling a lot more of the DPI. The second one was a little... little, egregious for uh, excuse me not egregious the first one was bad the second one was a little you know light contact for uh, for a flag to be thrown go ahead Kev. that second offsides which is on Dalen Hayes was because one of the other defenders actually pushed him offsides so it was one of the <laughs> linemen actually pushed him offsides and you know the flag went out right away uh, it was, that was pretty bad obviously for, for for that to happen but I didn't really consider it Hayes's fault he might have been slightly out of position when he was setting himself and then and then he got pushed outside. But you're right. I mean, they had an offensive pass interference on Tony Poljan late in, in practice. So uh, a, a variety of, uh, of flags on both sides. Sometimes I wonder if that's not the officials 
being overly officious but it might it might have been in this case that uh that yeah they, they wanted to really do this but a lot of officials i mean they don't really want to break up practice they just want to let you play through minor you know neutral zone infraction type uh stuff to to allow the play to go off normally for sure um i do have a player on here i saw tyson williams have a decent day out of the backfield there uh jk dobbins of course being the uh the star back there he always has a good practice just because you know he gets the good reps with the ones and the blocking tends to work well for him but Tyson Williams had a I believe it was a safe uh, a screen pass off to the left side it might have just been a safety valve dump check down mm-hmm. but either way he had a full head of steam and I think he had at least one offensive lineman get ahead of him that's why I think it was a screen pass they yes. got in the second level there and he was a blur for about 20 yards there finding a, an outside edge and I, I was just kind of impressed to see you know, anytime a Ravens receive uh, Ravens tailback has a has a decent reception, you kind of hope that uh, that can continue enough for them to uh, uh, get on the roster. Just because the the effect that Ray Rice has had on this team as a, a receiving tailback, um, he he made a lot of his uh, you know plays through uh, catching dump offs and checkdowns from Joe Flacco. Um, you want to see that again here because it was such a successful way of of navigating through the offense when the offense wasn't all that impressive and now that this team is successful in that area that feels like another avenue that they can utilize not as the sole moving of the chains but as an effective tactic that they can implement a couple times per game that can that can move the chains when uh deep downfield stuff isn't working and lamar doesn't have to take off when necessary well, there's 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 a couple dimensions to this I think are important. One is that it's possible the Ravens don't really want to use the screen game because they really believe Lamar is their outlet pass, you know, ah. his ability to escape the pocket. But more importantly, I, th- I agree with you because I think that that you need to not only make the defense defend fifty three and a third yards, you need to, to make the defense defend fifty three and a third yards and all that depth as well to make sure they don't take it easy on a running back to try and give them another way to bring themselves out of position with an improper downhill play. We see how often Lamar gets defenders to jump into the wrong spot. It's a huge part of the Ravens' offense, and you know I'd love to see that if they had a, the sort of receiver who could threaten that to them. But that's a great point. I think the play you're talking about, I think, because it might not have been the exact same play, Tristan Cologne was the only one who got out front of the lineman on that. So it was some sort of a screen pass. And he came back, and he was jumping up like he had just won the lottery or something. It, it was like yeah, he okay. must have made the block. Was it that play? Yeah, that was exactly it. Because yeah. you saw all of a sudden somebody swing out in front of uh, Tyson Williams, <laughs> and I was like, whoa, what happened here in this play? Because I was like, it didn't break down because it wasn't like Lamar had taken a couple steps back and then like panicked, looked through all of his reads, and then kind of like checked it out, and there was a bunch of navigation uh, you know, of him running around. Instead, it was like Tyson Williams all of a sudden had the ball in his hands. You see this shift of offensive linemen and different you know the white colored jerseys kind of follow along and start to lead the way and i'm like when did this occur and then yeah after the play was over you saw colon just kind of hop up and and celebrate and i was like this was what totally <laughs> happened here and i was like either way you know tyson Williams just got a, a big gain and a first down but like what was the series of events that had occurred here to be so successful on this particular play? It was an interesting one. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, I'll go on. I'll go on to Sean Wade, and I had consecutive fine plays on the football in a three-play sequence. So there, there were two balls thrown to the exact deep corner of the end zone on the left side from the offense's perspective. 
He knocked the ball away from a little bit underthrown probably, but still a good play on, on Edwards. And then he knocked the ball away, got his hand on it so that Watkins, it, it, it deflected also off his hand and out of bounds. So uh, really a impressive two-play sequence for, for Wade in terms of using his size and particularly his length effectively because we've talked about this a little bit, obviously, that extra couple of inches of arm length that he has. And he's he's remarkable athlete in this regard um, really gives him all sorts of advantages when he's close in on the body of a receiver yeah I've, uh, you know Sean Wade has had a a, a real trial by fire here in, in training mm-hmm. camp because James Prochet came in here and uh, proved to everybody that he is a workout warrior and that he wasn't going to be left off this roster quietly and unfortunately Wade has been one of the uh, the three cornerbacks that he's had to compete against uh, day after day so it's been a little bit of a battle for Wade but today he had a he had a successful practice I'd say it looked more positive and uh, he worked out rather well um, another guy that I was pretty interested in was Tavon Young, another slot corner. He played really well today, um, had a big pass breakup against Tylen Wallace in the first mm-hmm. series of ones, uh, was absolutely glued to Wallace in the hips there. You know, he, he was side-by-side uh, side running the route with him. And uh, when he did have a, a little bit of a miscommunication during the sevens that followed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he wasn't in his exact area, Um what ended up happening is uh, Coach came over and, and holler, hollered at him. He was like, Tay, you got to be there. Tay, you got to be there. And walked back over, grabbed him by the you know the shoulder and pointed where he should be. And, and Tavon nodded his head, and, and uh, they went about their business. But I liked what I saw out of Tavon Young. He played a really good practice today. Yeah, very well noticed. Noticed the come on Tave uh, uh, back there. So that was a it was a good one. It was right along our sidelines. It, it's always fun when you're there at camp, and you can hear some of these coaching moments directly. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, Kyle's telling you about one where we you know we we heard directly what happened there, and you can kind of fill in the blanks from that. And sometimes it really is really specific coaching, and and you can hear it. And uh, a lot of times. I don't think there's anything really to be given away on something like this, and certainly not on some of the even more specific hand placement things. But it's just it's a great insight into Ravens coaching when you're at camp to, to understand what's going on. And that's kind of the whole premise of uh, what's coming on uh, tomorrow is is hard knocks. I'm not doing an advert for him. It's going to sound like it. But like <laughs> that's kind of what everybody wants to see is the internal moments. They want to see what these coaches are saying to these guys. That's what makes it so unique. And that's why you know people tune in to stuff like this because they want to hear about those interesting moments. And we want to see them. And if they can't participate, they love to hear it secondhand from people like us. And, and, and we get to be uh, you know graced with the, with the moments of watching these coaches uh, like Keith Williams grab a receiver oh, yeah. and, and show him where he's supposed to stand and him run through the drill and him go through it in his head and point at the ground. And, and it's those unique opportunities that uh, in, in demonstrations that allow for football to be more than just a, a, a sport on the field, but an entire practice can offer so much uh, information as to what's going on on the field. It's really we, awesome. We've talked a little bit about Williams already in past episodes, but I just want to point out, You get a sense of the relatability of a coach in terms of, I'm sure they mock him some in the clubhouse just because he's very demonstrative character. It'd be natural if someone gesticulates a lot, you make fun of the way they move their hands away when they they talk. But he's very demonstrative in terms of what he wants specifically from players. But I tell you what, 
players are engaged with him. They really understand what he wants and they want to do what he wants. I saw the first rep from James Prochet on a, a very simple drill, a stop, start, stop, start, and then turn, get catch the ball. Prochet let the ball get off his hands and, and he let out an expletive right away. I mean, he's into this. Mm-hmm. And, and part of that is the engagement of uh, Williams in terms of really transferring that to the players. I think it's, it's very impressive that the Ravens coaches are able to do that. Yeah, uh, definitely Keith Williams has probably got uh, somebody mimicking him and uh, (laughs) doing something in the locker room if there's anybody. It's either him or Rob Ryan. It's probably both, though, let's be honest. (laughs) Well, they're both going to be on the rookie talent show somehow. You know, So so he's going to come out there with a pillow and mimic Rob Ryan. Absolutely. It's going to be rather entertaining. Those things I hear are just an absolute blast to be at. But uh, like getting back, oh, go ahead real quick. I, I just want to go ahead with the other slot corner because I thought he also had a big day. It was Ardarius Washington, and he yes. little slot corner, little safety. Uh, uh, but he he looked very impressive. Uh, had an interception in one on one coverage drills. That does not happen a lot. Sometimes it has to be a misthrown ball, but in this case, he was just running right with a receiver and took it away from him. Uh, he also tipped the ball deep down the left sideline. It's a great play to get his hand, hand up, get the pass defense, and then it dropped right into Bateman's hands. As just one of these things, oh, that was a reversal of fate there, but a very good play by by Washington nonetheless. Yeah, I had him down for a PBU and the one-on-one interception, as you had mentioned previously. Um, I haven't been all too high on Ardarius Washington. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see more out of him. He definitely did so today, and uh, I'm I'm really looking forward. Like, I'm at this point where I'm saying this just about every time we talk about players or anything. Like, I can't wait for preseason. I want to watch mm-hmm. these guys hit. I want to watch them against some new guys because that's where we're at with this. Uh, you know, the pads have been on. The pads had to be taken off today. I think it's because there's a certain number of practices you can go with pads on before yes. you have to do an off-padded practice because of uh, player safety and NFLPA and, and CBA stuff. But um, I'm, I'm at this point where I want to see the guys hit. And, and uh, our Darius Washington, for sure, is somebody I want to watch uh, tackle because he is a smaller guy. And, yes, he's good in coverage. And we saw him have, a like you said, an interception in ones is so difficult to get, mm-hmm. especially when it's not because of an errant throw, but because he was hip-to-hip with uh, whoever he's covering. So. I'm excited to see these guys get to working on that. And, uh, yes, our Darius Washington had a great practice. All right. Uh, you, you got one? Yeah. Um, I uh, saw Tyus Bowser had some pretty good speed off of the edge there. Um, it's more actually an indictment on uh, uh, Tyree Phillips. He's been really struggling lately. Uh, Dafe Owe uh, kind of you know burned him last practice on Saturday. Uh we saw as uh, Tyus Bowser did the same thing today. And that's when I saw the shift back from uh, Phillips being left tackle. They kicked him back inside and had McCarry go to the left tackle spot there. Um, Lamar looked a little bit frustrated with the uh, the lack of time that he had during uh, a two-minute drill. Um or uh, about the second or third series of 11s is what I saw. And uh, the, the the pass rush has been able to get after it, even in an unpadded event. And you said there's a lot of brother-in-law play that occurs here and mm-hmm. taking it easy. But when, when the blitz packages are coming in, somebody like Tavon Young flying in on a corner blitz or, or whatever they have operating um, – you know, I haven't seen a whole lot out of Tyree Phillips at uh, left tackle as of late, mm-hmm. but uh, the pass rush, just like Bowser and Adafi Owe, were look to once again have the engine roaring today. Yeah, it's uh, Martindale is relentless scheme wise with <laughs> with the things. I mean, he just never lets up. The the he doesn't really have a gear down. And honestly, if they're going to run their defense out during the regular season, go ahead and run it that way. I think they may have 
called off the dog some in terms of stopping the play when a defensive back is in. But when you see, you know, not, you know, 11 on 11 set after 11 on 11 set where they're getting two times, three times, they're getting a defensive back into the backfield with what would be pressure or a sack. You know, it's it's great for the defense, but it's very disruptive to the offense and, and particularly one where the offensive line is, has not been playing as a cohesive unit. You don't have any continuity of any sort going on with all the switches they've been doing. And they have to figure out how to pick up stunts. And then you've got, you know, running backs who've been out, like Edwards, say, who, you know, has to figure out what lane do I need to block in. And, you know, it's just, it's a, there's a lot of moving parts to this. And there's more moving parts for the offense because they're the ones that have to respond to the, to the pass rush being so effective. So I, while I, I like to see it, and I certainly want to see it during the preseason and during the regular season, um, there's a point at which I think, you know, it's kind of an overkill for Ryan in terms of, of, of the value he's getting out of it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just a shame. But it's, it is, uh, um, it, it's, it's great to see Ryan have that kind of dominant scheme that you can even see it on your own offense being you know, implanted upon them. Yeah, a little bit of bully ball by the defense, and and like you said, it's it's really disruptive of a unit that Ronnie Stanley is in, has yet to be in. They lost Kevin mm-hmm. Zeitler at right guard, so they're moving pieces around that they already didn't want to be moving, and that's causing further continuity issues. And Harbaugh on Saturday, I believe we already spoke about this, was like this offensive line is probably facing the most issue, uh, and they need the most continuity, and they have to you know we we put them through a lot of different things. Uh, this defense is one of the most difficult schemes to grasp i think in the nfl just due to the uniqueness of the blitz concepts and packages mm-hmm. that they operate from and and they even have guys like clayus campbell as we mentioned dropping into coverage like we mm-hmm. saw last year um these guys are all over the field and this and this offensive line is trying to figure this stuff out when they're navigating through different positions and players are swapping around it's uh it's been challenging so it's i don't want to sound like i'm being too harsh on the offensive line because they're being put through more paces than can be expected of them and uh that's just to kind of get them prepared for for the preseason and beyond one thing to look forward to and by the way in this first game is that i often have this in my article after the game anyway but the 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 offensive lineman by series is a very telling thing they, they'll 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 start they'll have starters in there and the starters in this case since it's Villanueva and Bozeman pretty much Bozeman may not even play after the injury today we'll see mm-hmm. uh, Villanueva will probably play a series uh, maybe two and then he'll be and then he'll be gone uh, I think we'll see then players like Phillips and McCary and Powers and Cleveland play extended periods in this game. I expect them to play well into the second half. And some of those guys who play multiple positions, like Phillips and McCary, I expect them to see a two, and in McCary's case, possibly three positions. So they're, they're going to get time all over the offensive line, and that'll create more continuity issues, of course, with the fact that these guys haven't played together. Uh, but anyway, it, it'll, be, uh, it'll be fun to see exactly how they deploy them. Uh, I think there's less room in this camp than there has been in a long time in terms of who can actually get any significant number of snaps among the threes. So in the preseason, we'll see if players like uh, Ely, who a lot of people really want to see a tackle, get a significant amount of playing time in this first preseason game. Yeah, Ely's going to be a player to watch. I believe Bleach Report at one point said that is the most likely candidate of the UDFA class here with the Baltimore Ravens to uh, land on the 53. It's going to be tough to do so with just about mm-hmm. anybody because the Ravens are just so deep right now. They have yeah. players absolutely everywhere that, like, I'm even looking at a guy like Ben Mason. I'm wondering how they're planning on fitting him on the roster just with uh, with things, or if they're even considering putting him on the roster, or how they're planning to navigate it. It's been... Uh, 
it's a good problem to have, of course, having too much mm-hmm. talent on the roster to keep, but uh, it, it's going to make it challenging for guys here to stick here in Baltimore. They might end up on waivers or on the practice squad and being claimed elsewhere throughout the season. Know, great point here is that they, they have an extended period between the waiver wire uh, and the 53 being defined, the initial 53, we'll call it, mm-hmm. and the point at which... Uh, uh, the the first game is played, and that extended time are going to give some other teams a chance to to do more pilfering of the Ravens roster. I'm sure the Ravens will go out and get somebody from another team's roster. Yeah. But whatever you put in as your final 53 guess that ends up being the 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 way the roster is initially uh, defined, good chance there'll be more changes rather than fewer changes than in previous years because of that additional time that's been allocated this year. So I, I think that'll be interesting. Players like Washington, uh, you know, Darius Washington and and uh, Ely might be guys who get snarfed up by another team if they're cut. Yeah, that's most likely the case if they're cut. I'm going to speak briefly about the Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews connection because I think that was evident today. Uh, you know, Jackson in his first day back threw a fair number of passes to Andrews, but uh, Andrews helped him out with a leaping grab on a 15-yard throw over the middle that was very impressive. Andrews went up high, lots of oohs and ahs from the crowd. Uh, Jackson then threaded the needle between Harrison and Queen, so two linebackers who you know had their coverage difficulties last year uh, for a completion. And then one of the interesting points, I really liked this, even though it ended up you know, not being a touchdown. Um, Lamar Jackson unloaded the 97-mile-an-hour fastball, which is about as fast as he can throw it. Now, seriously, whatever, whatever it was, I'm trying to uh, uh, approximate to, but he, th- he threw very hard um, on a line in a perfect spot where only Andrews could catch it going down for the ball. Andrews went down for the ball. It looked like it got all the way into his body and then bounced out. Andrews immediately got up the, off the ground, pointed at Lamar, said thumbs up. And, you know, it's my problem. That was a great throw kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I love to see that. Yeah, their connection has been really good over these last two practices already. It's pretty evident. Um, Andrews has had a really good camp thus far. And, uh, uh, you know, overall, their connection is one of the, the best among, I think, quarterback tight end and quarterback pass catching uh, mm-hmm. you know tandems in the NFL and seeing them get already reaccommodated and back on the same page that they were previous to uh, co- uh, Lamar's absence uh, this training camp is uh, just a sign of, of good things to come at this point yep all good stuff uh, Justin Houston back on 11 on 11 reps now I have not noticed it if he was in any 11 on 11s before he's been back at practice doing drills leaving early some days staying late others but but this was his first time I noticed him on 11 11 reps didn't take a whole lot maybe five or six for the whole day um, it got a bull, bull a bull rush for a pressure against Ely that I really liked uh, and then the next the next rep he's out there looking very twitchy like, I'm coming, I'm coming. And, and this has got to make these offensive linemen a little bit concerned. <laughs> and then he dropped it a coverage into a short zone. And I thought that was really good. But he's got this twitchiness about him that you may appreciate from the, in, in the preseason. He's kind of always moving his feet and arm around a little bit as he's getting set at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, it's just seeing that runner, you know, the sprinters uh, at the Olympics or, or any open when they're really getting their feet set in, primed in, <laughs> trying to get the, that cleat dug in just a little bit or those those little uh, you know spikes dug in just a little bit more. And all of a sudden, instead of being a, uh, a, you know, flying like a bat out of hell, he's dropping back into coverage and fully nowhere near uh, attacking. And uh, the intimidation factor of a guy that's got 97 sacks certainly isn't helping these guys and, and debating, oh, he's 
he's probably not coming this time. I think this is a bluff. <laughs> I, I'm not here to call a bluff on a guy that's got 97 sacks in his career. You know, this guy is one of the most uh, dominant in his prime, uh, 22 sacks, I believe, just a few seasons ago. So uh, I'm not a guy to bet against Justin Houston on whether or not he's coming, and I don't think Adrian Ely or any of those guys want to uh, make the same bet and, and go up against somebody like him. It's a, That's a scary sight. <laughs> All right, a few other highlights. Uh, uh, Khalil Dorsey got a sack. Uh, Anthony Averett had two passes defense. Uh, one of them was called back for an offsides flag, but the other one a real nice play on Jalen Moore in the end zone, I thought. Uh, Oliver had a solid day of pass catching after an initial drop. He looked, he had a ball go right through his hands, and I forget if it's in a drill or a one-on-one or what it might have been, but ball went, go ahead. It was in a drill, yeah. Uh, they were doing the stop and start agility drills, where they they you know do the hard stop start yes. uh, about a one a one yard apart, one yard apart, and then the third one they run about five yards turn around, and it just sailed right through his hands. He had his hands all open and had the window a little bit too open as far as where to catch the ball on it. So yeah, that was what the drill was. I can I can, I can remember that now in terms of the, you know the mental memory, and you go back through that of seeing a visual memory. But uh, but that's an interesting one because you know. I'm Obviously, it's a, a serious foot drill, and you know it's a body control drill, and the other things. And the catching is almost something you have to get back to remembering what you need to do at the end of that with that that comeback. But that's a good one. Uh, we mentioned the one bobbled snap, so I guess we don't need to talk about that. Anything else that stood out to you from all the practice? Uh, you talked about Averett. He's one of my favorite players. Um, I've uh, interviewed him a couple of times throughout the last couple years of camp, so I just kind of have a personal rooting interest for him. I like watching his work, and and uh, he had an. Ex- I think he had a damn fine practice and then of course at the very end josh oliver had a a touchdown in the back of the end zone um over the top of him anthony was absolutely smothering him had his hand up he wasn't facing towards the ball but he he was reading uh you know oliver's oliver's eyes and hands and as soon as he went up he put his in between it and somehow uh you just saw his uh oliver brought down the football fell over you know he had to leap up for the catch and everything so it was a perfectly contested ball that Averett just couldn't quite defeat uh both of them had a pretty fine practice today like you said uh you mentioned both of them so that was kind of the last highlight that i had off the top of my head and uh overall um good practice uh even with it not being in pads yeah, a lot of, lot of fun to watch, certainly, and uh, uh, I think that's good. So we're back in pads the next two days. That'll be fun. Then a non-padded practice on Thursday. Friday will be a close-to-the-media practice so they could do their walkthroughs before the game. And then, of course, Saturday we'll have football again here in Baltimore. Excited for it. Absolutely thrilled to uh, watch this first preseason game, be out here for it. I always had to uh, travel back to Colorado by the time that preseason truly rolled around because I was finishing up my degree at Colorado State University. So I'm here for the preseason this time. I get to enjoy it in person, hopefully. We'll find out whether or not I can land uh, maybe being up in the press box, and if not, I'll snag some tickets or something. I want to be out there for this first preseason game and and be a part of the action and uh, live. So I'm really excited for... Uh, football to be back at mnt bank stadium all kinds of fun we look forward to talking to you uh again over the course of the week kyle appreciate you coming on the show as always love being here ken and we'll talk to you next time on film this is the story of the one 
As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.